Hi, I'm Lanny. On this podcast, I'll dive deep into all things home. Steading, cooking, schooling, making, food preservation, and scratch-made everything. Our homes used to be more than just a place to sleep and charge our smartphones. The home was the heart of our families, a place where we could birth our babies, school our children, grow, raise, and cook our own food, host weddings in the pasture, and funerals in the parlor. Do you want to take back your autonomy and breathe new life into your home? Let's learn together. With intention, we can rely more on ourselves and less on the systems that don't serve us. This is the Greener Postures Podcast. Just wanted to take a quick second to tell you about the new Greener Postures membership. Uh, For just a few bucks a month, you can show your support and get lots of new exclusive content and support from me, the Greener Postures community as well. The membership can include exclusive videos, group Zoom calls, live online workshops, monthly recipes, one-on-one support, and so much more. Each month of 2023 has a theme. I've already got that all scheduled, and I'll be diving into each topic for the whole month long. January is Nourishing Foods, which I've already gotten started here with my last few podcasts. February is going to be All Things Canning. It's a great time to learn canning in the off season so that when harvest season comes around, you are confident to just get going. To learn more about the memberships and the different engagement options, check out my page on Patreon, patreon.com slash greener postures. Thank you. Enjoy the show. All right. Thanks for tuning in again for another week. Um, So today I'm just doing a follow-up from our last episode. And if you haven't listened to that yet, check back on the dietary guidelines episode that was last. You can also listen to the Weight Watchers to Western A Price episode prior to that first to get a feel for how I've led into this conversation. Um, So last week we talked about the dietary guidelines for the Western A Price, which I consider things to start to add to your diet, right? This is just a great place to start trying to get this information on how to live closer to nature and more of an ancestral approach to our diet, less focus on calories and macros and, and, and nutrients, and more focusing on just eating nourishing whole food that comes from the earth that you really enjoy. So dietary guidelines, um, I'll link again to this uh, article that I'm reading from, uh, where it has the, the uh, dietary guidelines as well as the characteristics of traditional diets their principles, as well as the dietary dangers that I'm going to go over today. So last time we talked about things that you could get started on. This time I'm talking about um, things that you could start to stop. Can you start stopping something? Can you, (laughs) everyone start stopping. Um, Dietary dangers. Okay, I'm going to go through this list. I'm going to talk to you about things that I might be working on, things I've done prior, and maybe ideas of how to mm, remove things uh, from your life uh, that you don't need anymore. That when Now that we know more, we don't need these things. Dietary dangers. Do not eat commercially processed foods such as cookies, cakes, crackers, TV dinners, soft drinks, packaged sauces, mixes, etc. Read your labels. Okay, that's freaking huge, people. If you eat the standard American diet, most of your food comes from the takeout, uh, you know, from Uber Eats or from the deli at the store or from the boxes on the shelf that you could, you know, macaroni and cheese or whatever. That's huge. That is 
a whole overhaul of a lifestyle. And that number one is overwhelming. And if you see that number one and you want to turn and run, and that's not something you can do to stop eating processed foods, then start with my last episode and instead try to add something in from those things that I mentioned in the dietary guidelines. Start to add grass-fed beef, start to add real butter, start to add something because you can only eat so much. So if you're adding something, something else will naturally leave your diet. And until then, if you're already on your way there, uh, do not eat commercially processed foods such as cookies, cakes, crackers, TV dinners, soft drinks, packaged sauces. Read your labels. And to do that is to buy food that doesn't have labels. Buy stuff from the produce section, from meat, raw meat, eggs, real dairy, and make food at home. And so really number one is stop buying packaged foods and learn how to cook. So if you're trying to learn how to cook and you want support, I am doing one-on-one coaching for intuitive home cooking, and I would love to talk with you. It's a free consultation for at least a half an hour for me to get to know you and where you are, and then we could talk about how I could help, um, if I can help. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me by email or by a DM and just say, I want some coaching on how to get started cooking from scratch. That's what I am most passionate about because that's what I feel like has completely changed my life and my family's life is cooking at home from scratch and how much better I feel just doing that than I do um, buying something from the store. And last, you know, we just had sourdough pizza for dinner. So, I mean, like, I am not missing out on any of the things that I really liked before. If I want them, I just need to plan ahead and I can make them. So until then, scale that back slowly, try to buy less processed food and cook more meals at home. And sometimes that just means making your meals more simple for your, for the most part. And, um, so that they can be minimally processed, um, like a vegetable and a meat and, you know, a baked potato and you're good to go. Put some butter on there. Number two, avoid all refined sweeteners such as sugar, dextrose, glucose, high fructose, corn syrup, and fruit juices. And it's tricky because that's in like everything. So you can't really do number two until you've started to do number one, right? You can't avoid these refined sweeteners unless you've stopped buying commercially processed foods. So um, instead of sugar, dextrose, glucose, high fructose, corn syrup, you can use honey, you can use maple syrup, you can use um, a, you know, uh, dehydrated cane sugar. Um, Just try to eat less sugar until you can get your hands on some better quality stuff and start making your own things. So for that, for me, I went all or nothing and I just cut sugar out completely for a long time. And I'm kind of regretting doing that now because I think it made my body, my body has a harder time processing sugars because of that. Because I went from overeating everything to not eating enough of anything and not being nourished and not having any sugar at all to then now trying to add these things like honey and maple syrup back. And it's like I'm going to ha- I'm having to go really, really slow as my body adjusts um, to and it's becoming more healthy. But um, I don't want to eat anything unless it has good stuff in it. And I know honey and maple syrup has good stuff in it. And I know that. Um, Splenda packets don't have anything good in there. And I can tell by tasting that. 
You know, I don't have to, I'm a, a food, a nutritional clairvoyant. I don't need any um, scientific studies to tell me I don't want to eat what's in a Splenda or whatever, you know, equal or sweet and low packet. I do want to eat honey and I want to eat maple syrup. Um, three, avoid white flour, white flour products and white rice. Um, so you can avoid, I eat white rice. I soak it first. I buy good quality. I make sure it's organic. I like white rice. I like it better than brown rice. Um, but the brand that's on the rice does slow the absorption of um, the starch into your body. You know, the additional fiber in the, in the rice is going to affect the way it affects your blood sugar. So it makes sense to eat, um, you know, brown food, but make sure that you're soaking or sprouting it correctly, which if you're not sure what I'm talking about, you can listen again to that last episode because that's one of the dietary guidelines. Um, but really you're not going to just go buy wheat bread and call it a day because what's in that wheat bread is a whole bunch of shit that you don't need. Um, hydrogenated vegetable oil and, um, you know, corn syrup and, and, and these dough conditioners and stuff to keep it soft and, and not mold. Um, really for me, it was stop buying white flour products from the store and start making things at home. And that was first just abstaining until I could learn one thing at a time on how to make the things. You know, I'm doing sourdough now, but I wasn't always, it's only been a year that I've been doing sourdough. So really it was, I was just not eating a lot of bread. And when I was buying bread, I was finding the sprouted grain type bread with the minimal ingredients in it. And I was having to keep it in the freezer because it doesn't have a, a good shelf life. Um, brown rice is, is good too, if you like it. Otherwise, I don't think white rice is the worst thing in the world. This is my opinion, and I am not affiliated with Western A. Price Foundation at all. I'm just using their list as because I think it's a great list and it's good guidelines to, um, you know, have this conversation over. Number four, avoid all hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated fats and oils. Um, that one is easy when you're adding in the fats from last episode that we talked about. So I don't need to buy... Um, first thing is stop buying vegetable oils to cook within your own home. That's, that's number one. Don't buy Crisco. This is what we're talking about. Hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated fats and oils. Don't get Crisco. Don't get margarine. Don't get any of that stuff for your house. Instead, buy butter, buy olive oil, maybe avocado oil, coconut oil, and then animal fats, um, as you know, besides the butter, tallow, duck fat, lard, any of that stuff. Don't buy margarine. Don't buy Crisco. That's, that's how to stop doing that. And that's probably easy because I think most people who are listening to this are already there. Um, number five would be avoid all industrial polyunsaturated vegetable oils made from corn, soy, safflower, canola, or cottonseed. And there's another one. Just stop buying those for your house. Number one, um, getting those when you're eating out or eating processed foods is pretty hard to avoid. So the first step, just stop buying them for your house. The second step would be to start repackaging at the store. And the third one would be to eat out less. Because when you eat out, you're going to eat polyunsaturated vegetable oils. It's, it's pretty inevitable. Um, but try to like minimize that. Like just eat less and then enjoy it when you do go out. But with all this, with learning to be in a good intuitive home cook where it's not stressful and doesn't take too much planning to throw something delicious together, and then not keeping those types of oils in your house, then you're minimizing the amount that you're actually getting. But if you're buying stuff from the store, 
like even a loaf of bread or like other things that you might think are pretty benign, they might have um, that high fructose corn syrup and polyunsaturated vegetable oils or hydrogenated oils in there as an ingredient. So by minimizing the processed food you're eating, you're also going to be minimizing the different bad oils that you're getting and the bad sugars that you're getting and the bad flour products. So all of these steps, these stops are cook at home, cook at home and know what you're bringing into your house for your ingredients. Number six, avoid foods cooked or fried in polyunsaturated oils or partially hydrogenated vegetable oils. So that's, that's what we were just talking about. That's um, not going out as often cooking more at home. And that's fine. It might not seem as, depending on your lifestyle, it might not seem as doable. Um, but just try one meal a week, cooking at home for one meal a week, and even doing the same meal every week on the same day. So you can get really good at making it. So you don't have to think about it and it's really quick. And then just trying to then increase that to two. You know, something like that, where you can find this like sliding scale where you can ease into it. And if you need support on how to learn to cook, look for that. Look for that for family or friends or somebody who you know that you would want to model yourself after because they have good habits in their kitchen and they keep a, a tidy space and they they um, have a good stocked pantry and fridge and, and they like to cook. Those are the people you want to look to um, to learn from. And if you don't have that locally and you want to reach out to me and you think we would connect well, then do that. And I'm happy to help. Number seven is great. And it's funny to me, trigger warning, do not practice veganism. Animal products provide vital nutrients, not found in plant foods. So you need to eat plants. Sure. You like vegetables. Great. But you need to eat meat, not just muscle meat, not just a steak or a burger, but the fat and the organs as well. The whole animal bone broth, all of that. So you need to have animal products in your diet. Now, if you don't want to eat red meat, you can still have chicken and fish and dairy and eggs. If you don't want to eat meat at all, you can still have um, dairy and eggs. So there's, especially when you're getting raw dairy and eggs, there's those vital nutrients that come from animals and all of those things. So there's a different way to go about it for everybody. If you don't like fish or you're allergic to shellfish, okay, you don't have to eat that. There's a lot to pick from. Uh, number eight, avoid products containing protein powders as they usually contain carcinogens or damaged proteins formed during processing. Likewise, avoid lean meat, skinless poultry, reduced fat milk and egg whites without yolks. Consumption of proteins without cofactors occurring in animal fats can lead to deficiencies, especially of vitamin A. Okay, so fat-soluble vitamins. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term or if you've heard it before, but there are certain vitamins that are only absorbed when they, they're carried along with a fat. So when in the industrial process, we separate these things that usually come together in nature, our bodies don't absorb them the same. So egg whites are not good for you because they don't have the yolk with them. Lean meat is not good for you because it should have some fat attached. And... Um, Skinless poultry, the same thing. You're taking the fat away from the chicken breast if you take the chicken skin off. So don't feel guilty and eat some fat. I mean, for me, that was like a whole mindset shift because fat was bad for so long that I had to start to understand that eating a reasonable amount of fat that comes naturally with the food that I'm eating is actually really, really good for me. And I think 
Above all else, for my improvement of health, eating fat, natural fats, I think probably made the biggest difference for my mental health, my overall like worry and anxiety kind of stuff, and like my skin and all of that. I think eating real fat has helped me immensely. So that should be a pretty easy one to start adding. Eat the fat and don't be ashamed of it, it's okay. Eat the egg yolks, eat the full fat milk, eat the real cheese, leave the skin on the chicken. It's gonna be okay. Number nine, avoid processed pasteurized milk. Do not consume ultra pasteurized milk products. Low fat milk, skim milk, powdered milk, or imitation milk products. Yeah, don't eat soy milk. You don't need oat milk. You can't milk an oat. You can't milk an almond. It's not a natural product. Uh, Dairy milk is, and it's very nutritious when it's given to you in its natural state, which includes fat. So please don't bother buying skim milk. It's a waste of money. Um, Ultra pasteurization is where it's heated to a really, really high heat, maybe even irradiated, and it just kills a lot of those nutrients that are not stable in heat. So if you can't get raw milk, you can buy pasteurized milk, just don't get ultra pasteurized. And it might be hard to notice which is which. Look at the label right on the front, it'll say ultra pasteurized or pasteurized. And then look at the ingredients in your milk. Try to buy milk that's just milk and doesn't have A or D. That's actually really hard to do. But when you buy raw milk, you're getting actual raw milk with the full fat. It's usually grass fed and it doesn't have any added um, artificial nutrients like uh, vitamin A and D. So best would be raw milk from a local farmer or from your local co-op. And second best would be an organic grass fed pasteurized milk, but definitely not the ultra pasteurized milk or low fat milk, skim milk, whatever. Number 10, avoid factory farmed eggs, meat, and fish. We went over that in detail in the last one. But just try to stop buying grass-fed, pastured. Try to find a neighbor that has some chickens and get eggs from them instead. Try to find a farmer in town where you can buy meat in bulk. Try to find someone who fishes, or if you fish, get out there and do it and fill your freezer. Just get good quality meats and eggs. And again, listen to the last episode if you didn't yet, because we go over that in much more detail. Number 11, avoid highly processed lunch meats and sausage. So these things have a lot of additives and nitrates and other things that um, are not great for you. Um, Lunch lunch meats and sausages um, that are made from the store are processed in a different way than they were traditionally when those kinds like meat curing was used as a food preservation method. And most of the time you're just using salt. Now there's all sorts of other kinds of nitrates and sugars and stuff that are added. That's one of the reasons why we love making our own sausage because we like sausage and it's really, really good. And so we can make it with just herbs and spices and use the freezer to preserve it and it's good to go. Um, When I do buy lunch meat, because I do sometimes um, for quick lunches for my kid, I go to our co-op because they have a brand there um, that they don't have any added um, nitrates or I don't even know the words. Like I read them and I've never said them out loud. It's like erythroberate or something like stuff you can't even say. These lunch meats I found at our local co-op don't have any of that and they don't have added sugar. It's just like salt and spices and meat. So if you can find a place that has that, great. And if you can't, then make a roast and slice it thin or make a chicken and pull the meat. You know, you can still have um, quick meat that is ready to go, um, but you just need to plan ahead a little bit and make roast one chicken a week and keep that in the fridge. That kind of a thing is is what I, how I go um, to avoid those things. 
Number 12, avoid rancid and improperly prepared seed, nut, and grains found in granola, quick-rise breads, and extruded breakfast cereals as they block mineral absorption and cause intestinal distress. Breakfast cereals are heated and extruded and it changes everything about the grain and it's no bueno. This one was hard for me because honestly, I like a bowl of cereal with some peanut butter and milk as like a dessert. And I kn- it was not like a health, I didn't think it was healthy for me. I was like, that's my like cheat day dessert kind of a thing, which I know is weird, but I've had to just stop buying cereal altogether. Um, because it's also fortified with stuff that I don't want in my diet. It's got additional, like a bunch of like heavy metals, like there's iron added to it. It's like shaved heavy metals. I'm not, I don't need that. So, um, that's been hard. Um, and getting seeds and nuts that are already roasted and they're on the shelf, those, um, oftentimes are rancid by the time you get them. So that was also hard for me too, because I thought it was healthy to buy some toasted nuts and use those. But now I'm buying them raw and I'm, and I'm soaking them and then, um, dehydrating or toasting them myself. And they taste so much better, like toasted nuts in your house. This time of year is like the best smell that you could make in your house. And then plus they are tasty when they're hot and then they cool down and they're really tasty and you can use them for anything and they're ready to go. Then if you store them in the freezer, they won't go rancid and then you can have them on hand whenever you need them. So you can do these things in a really big batch, but just try not to buy um, cereal. Try try to find a substitute that works for you for cereal. Something that is, you know, maybe crunchy and quick. That's not a breakfast cereal from the store. Number 13, avoid canned, sprayed, waxed, or irradiated fruits and vegetables. Avoid genetically modified foods found in most soy, canola, or corn products. So again, this goes to like cooking for yourself. Um, They don't want you to use canned goods I don't count my own canned goods. They're talking about canned from the store because whatever they're lining the can with and whatever they're putting in the product to help it stay fresh um, uh, and not get squishy in the can for longer. Um, Sprayed would be like anything that's not organic. It's got, you know, glyphosate or other kinds waxed or like the apples that you get from the store. And when I can't avoid that, um, in the wintertime, my kids want an apple. We peel our apples. We eat the skin when they're from our tree. Uh, but if I'm making something with apples during the wintertime that we didn't grow, then I'm just going to, they're, they're heavily waxed. So I'm just peeling them. Um, the genetically modified foods thing is weird because there's it's hard to find on packaging sometimes. So you could look for the no GMO logo, but I'm like, so not trusting the best way to do things is to know your farmer or grow them yourself. But if you're not there yet, if you're in the city, just just try to choose things that are non non GMO verified or organic. If it says organic, it also has to be non GMO. And then it's not sprayed with a lot of the pesticides that you want to avoid. Uh, number 14, avoid artificial food additives, especially MSG, hydro, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, and aspartame, which are neurotoxins. Most soups, sauces, and broth mixes, and most commercial condiments contain MSG, even if not indicated on the label. So this one's really tricky because there's like so many different names for MSG, like so many different names. Um, shocking. Um, so it's hard to avoid if you're buying something packaged, all of these things on the whole list 
If you start with number one, just like cook for yourself, they all kind of take care of themselves. So this can seem overwhelming, but the first part of all of it is just to learn to cook for yourself and think about what you bring into your house. And it, the majority of what you're eating is going to be better for you. So food additives, uh, MSG, vegetable protein, aspartame, like just read your package and try to make sure that you can pronounce all the words and you know what they are. But then even that's tricky because there's certain kinds of something, something yeast or whatever that that's probably MSG. Um, so just try to buy things that don't have ingredients on them at all, like uh, produce and raw meat or buy things that have as few of ingredients as possible. Learn how to make the things you love at home. That would be my biggest tip. And that's how I avoided the food additives is just learning to cook. Number 15, avoid caffeine and related substances in coffee, tea, and chocolate. Um, so they're pretty much saying that caffeine is like an addictive substance that isn't good for you. And they also say tea and chocolate is the same. And I go back and forth on how I feel about this. I could see why. If you're like addicted to caffeine, you're drinking two pots a day, maybe you should tr could scale it back or improve the quality of coffee that you're drinking. Um, if you're drinking energy drinks and stuff, that's a whole different ball game. Please just look at the label on that. Um, but uh, there's herbal teas if you want to go there. Don't just drink black tea all the time. Sure, I get it. Um, but chocolate, chocolate, sure. I'm not going to buy a Hershey's bar anytime soon, but I really like cacao and I'm into it right now. And it's really helping me feel like I have a treat. Um, and it feels really comforting and nourishing when I have it. And I'm going with that feeling. Um, they, and I've heard, I read a big article here, um, at Weston A. Price Foundation. They say that chocolate can be addictive and that it's stimulating and there's negative effects from that. But I'm just, I mean, if I have a tablespoon of cacao powder in a day and in some hot water with some raw cream and a little bit of cinnamon and sea salt, I'm not, I'm not worried about <laughs> my health. Um, but Keep in mind that it's something that should be a treat and you shouldn't be drinking too much. You shouldn't be relying on chocolate or caffeine for energy. So like try to not have chocolate or caffeine on an empty stomach. Don't have a coffee in the morning before you have your breakfast. And I know that's easier said than done because a lot of people um, intermittent fast or don't skip breakfast altogether or just think that they can't, you know, they're bleary eyed until they have their coffee. So you do you and figure that out. If you're trying to do this whole switch and focus on learning to cook for yourself and stocking a good pantry long before you worry about giving up your coffee. If that, if that's what is comforting and feels good to you and makes you feel like it gets you going, just leave that alone until you're, you're ready to tackle that. Um, after all these other things are in place. Number 16, avoid aluminum containing foods such as commercial salt, baking powder, and antacids. Do not use aluminum cookware or deodorants containing aluminum. So uh, finding a deodorant without aluminum, I found quite a while ago when I was trying to avoid aluminum and fluoride. That's something that came into um, I'm, you know, I, in front of me a, a quite a while ago. There are a lot of brands now. When I was looking initially, there were not, but there are now a lot of brands. Um, even some more of the commercial brands have taken aluminum out of their deodorants, um, but they probably have other shit that you don't want in there either. Um, but there's a really good uh, company called Toops & Co. That's T-O-U-P apostrophe S. And they have um, 
tallow-based products and they have a tallow deodorant that I really like. That's just like tallow and I think baking soda and essential oils. There's also lots of recipes online on how to make deodorants and other body products at home. So you can experiment with that. Um, the cookware thing um, I talked about last time, I use cast iron. Um, I don't use aluminum. I try not to cook on foil anymore, which was a big habit for me to try to protect my pans by using foil. Now I use parchment paper. Um, if I am feeling lazy and I don't want to scrub a pan later, parchment paper is a really good way to do it. It's nonstick. It's, um, I think up to 450 oven safe. Um, so aluminum foil, try to avoid that. And then, um, aluminum in products, baking powder, right? You can get aluminum free baking powder. So next time you're stocking your pantry stuff for baking, look for aluminum free baking powder, uh, avoid antacids for a lot of reasons, but those also contain, contain aluminum. And commercial salt, uh, we talked about that in the last episode. Try to buy real salt, sea salt, Himalayan pink salt, or one of the many other different types of salt that don't have any additives. You're going to get a better mineral structure in that salt, and you're also going to avoid aluminum or dextrose or other kind of anti-caking agents that they add to it. Number 17, do not drink fluorinated water. Fluorinated water, um, I could do a whole episode on that. I could probably um, stand to study up on that quite a bit better, but that is uh, something that is a, I believe is a, a byproduct of the aluminum smelting process. Am I right here? If I'm wrong, somebody correct me, please. Um, fluoride is added to the water. They say it's good for your teeth. If you look into the history of that, it's really sketchy. And I'm sure anybody listening to my episode already knows this. Um, avoid fluoride in water by not drinking your municipal water, understanding where your water comes from and what's in it by just doing a Google search for your area. Where does your water come from? The city water, whatever. Um, what do they put in it? And then like we did, we bought a Berkey filter and you can get special filters with your Berkey that, um, do, uh, stop the fluoride as well. So um, consider that. Also things that I haven't th hadn't thought about in the past is probably like sodas and other kind of bottled drinks probably can, can could contain fluoride because they're often just taking the water that they use to make their beverages from the municipal water source. Bottled water and other things like that don't necessarily have to have fluoride added on the list of things in their ingredients because if it's just in the water that they get from the tap, then do they have to put that on the ingredients? So consider trying to drink less uh, bottled beverages and making more delicious stuff at homes. You know, you can, you can do coffee, tea, and everything with your filtered water, and then learn how to make fermented beverages because then you're making your own root beer, ginger beer, kombucha, all the stuff that you love, you can make at home. And I do have a workshop on the fermented beverages that's available on our website, cleanerpostures.com slash workshops. So if you want to really dig into that, it comes with a really good book and a two-hour um, demonstration and uh, access to the Telegram group chat where you can ask any questions to me or any of the other people that have taken that workshop. 18 is avoid synthetic vitamins and food containing them. So synthetic vitamins we've been talking about is added A and D in milk and other things like fortification and grains, which would be like in cereal when it says vitamins added or nutrients added, and they have iron and things like that. B vitamins are common as well. No good. We don't need the synthetic vitamins. It's like law that they add them into some things and it's not good for us. The reason they're added back is because the foods are deprived of those nutrients because of the way they're prepared and they're prepared that way for storage. So 
try to avoid products that have added vitamins. And it's kind of hard, but again, back to the root of this, learning to cook for yourself, knowing what ingredients you bring into your kitchen, that will avoid the synthetic vitamins in foods. 19, avoid distilled liquors. Again, I can't comment on this much because I don't drink. And I haven't drank since long before I would have been researching any of this information. So I know that distilled liquor, I think, is a thing and it's common, but I don't know what's not a distilled liquor. So is there liquors that is not are not distilled? I don't know. But if I were you, start making your own booze if you want to be healthy. Um, I've done it on accident before when I'm fermenting stuff. It's probably pretty easy and fun. Um, but uh, number 20, do not use the microwave oven. And for a long time, I didn't, but I would still use it to like reheat a cup of tea or coffee or like just zap something really quick. So finally, we just moved it out of our kitchen and we moved it into our upstairs. We have a kitchen upstairs because this house is really old. It was designed for a two family living. So we have one upstairs because there are like some experiments and stuff for homeschool things that I used it for. Um, so I didn't get rid of it completely, but it's no longer just like, yeah, you can reheat a piece of pizza. Um, it pissed me off because like I make like sourdough pizza with really good ingredients and then just to zap that in the microwave. Um, I'm thinking like, is it just killing all the nutrients and just changing the structure of everything? I, I don't know. But to get to that point, I needed to know how to cook for myself. I needed to know how am I going to reheat leftovers if I can't do it in the microwave? And that was learning how to reheat stuff in the oven. Like, how do you reheat lasagna if it's not in the microwave? How's best to reheat pizza if it's not in the microwave? Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I, like noodles, like spaghetti, how do like in the microwave, it's just a few seconds and it's done. If you do that in the oven, is it going to dry it out? If you do that on the stove, is it going to burn and stick to the bottom of the pan? Um, just one at a time, just kind of researching, how do I reheat something or how do I cook something without the microwave? Things that you used to use the microwave for, how can you do a, a different way? And then start to wean yourself off of the microwave so that you don't need it in your kitchen anymore. So that's all of the dietary dangers on the Weston A. Price list. Um, again, last episode, we went over the dietary guidelines. And the prior one to that, we talked about the characteristics of traditional diets and the, Dr. Weston A. Price's story and the studies that he's done. So these three episodes hopefully will get you started and thinking about ancestral diets based on the information that Weston A. Price gathered back in the 30s. Um, their website has tons of information. They have a blog with unlimited amounts of posts, it seems, and tons and tons and tons of, of recipes. And, and you can become a member to get extra information. And I think it's even like a donation of $5 a year will get you all of the stuff, all the benefits of being a member. Um, but they have a uh, challenge. They've got a pledge to spend at least 50% of your food dollars uh, at a local farm um, getting from local from farmers, artisans, um, and then you can use the other half, you know, to buy things from conventional stores. And I think that's a really cool challenge. Um, for us, the big portion of that is, is meat and meat being bought from a farmer is, is superior in quality and taste, um, and, the, uh, value than it is from buying meat from the store. So if there's any way that you can, get another freezer and store yourself a half a cow or pastured chickens or half a pig or whatever you like to eat, do that. Um, also your egg dollars as 
I'm seeing, I'm really out of touch with this because we don't buy eggs, but the last few times I've been to the grocery store, there were not very many eggs available and the prices have gone up a lot. So I think we're dealing with some kind of an egg shortage. Um, so if you can get chickens, that's a great option. Or if you can support someone who has chickens that has extra eggs to sell, go for that. Cause then you know where they come from. Even if they don't feed them the best feed, if they have chickens that get to go outside, it's better than store-bought stuff. So try that. I'll remind you I have some announcements coming up soon and I'm very excited to share about my subscription and membership options and new content that I'm going to have coming out. If anybody has any comments or corrections or information um, that they want to share with me on this episode, just reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. And until next time, thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Lanny and this was the Greener Postures Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Greener Postures and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Preserving Today, by going to youtube.com slash at Greener Postures. Questions, feedback, or would you like to be a guest on the show? Send me a DM, or you can email me at greenerpostures at pm.me. I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in attending one of my online workshops and joining the exclusive Greener Postures Telegram group chat, go to my website, greenerpostures.com slash workshops. I hope to see you there. 